Are you new here? Have you been here a while but wondered who we really are? In this church, you'll find real people excited about the mission God has for them. You'll find meaning and direction in a true community of believers. You'll find life experiences shared and stories worth remembering. You'll find giving and serving in real relationships. You'll find passionate worshipers growing better together. You'll find laughter and tears and people taking chances. But ultimately, you'll find true belonging and purpose in the one who made you. In this church, we believe that your life was never meant to be lived alone and that love can write your story. We are the church, the body of Christ, the hope for this world. Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song?
You may be seated. Good morning and welcome to all of you. A uh, very special welcome to our guests. Jesus Christ reigns. He reigns, yes, in this building, in this house, in worship, but he reigns wherever. Wherever you're from, Minnesota, Arizona, we've got some good friends that are here to, to celebrate uh, Randy's ordination, uh, but he's, he reigns everywhere, and I hope you know that. And I mentioned, if you are a guest, we are glad you're with us. And if you've got questions about how things work in worship, there are a couple of resources in the chair backs in front of you. Um, example, if you're sitting here today and you're like, well, I've got a prayer request I'd like included in church today. What do I do? There is a card that will walk you through it. You can actually text in a prayer request. You could do that. Um, you're here today and you're saying, well, I see communion up here. How does that work? This will tell you what we believe as a church about communion and how we do communion. And if your beliefs match up with ours, we'd love you for you to come and enjoy this meal with us. So that's a great resource. And also, if you want to connect with the church, you could do it, whether it's according to the card, you could stop at the next steps counter, a lot of different ways. We'd love to get to know you, meet you, greet you. Um, and in the life of the church, there's a lot of things that are going on, and it's very dynamic. So there's things changing all the time. There's a card that's also in the chair backs with a QR code. And that QR code, if you take your smartphone and do your thing with it, it will bring up the different things that are happening in ministry and ways in which you can get connected to it. So take that and look at that. Now, we have two announcements to make. All right, uh, one of them specific for today, or actually both are for today. One, we have a pancake, um, what do we call it, pancake feed, Cloud Nine. And it is an incredible ministry where once a year we have, we throw, there's a big party that happens in here. The community works together and we do it. And this will help support Cloud Nine. So it's going to go from now all the way till one o'clock. So don't go there until after about 12.04 because that's when the service will be over, hopefully, right? So just be ready. Uh, so that's pancake feed. Second thing is at two o'clock, so you can do your pancake thing, and then just hang around, come back into here at two. We're going to have the ordination and installation of Randall Dean Longacre. I'm gonna make it really official, make them nervous, because, uh, but it's a great moment in ministry where he gets to, in front of all of us, make a promise. All right? And we get to promise also, and God is looking over this and going, yep, this is good. So I'd love for you to come back. Please do. I'm wearing my, what I call my ordination red, because that's kind of the color for ordination. So come on back. Be a part of it. It's a great thing for the body of Christ to, to rejoice in. Uh, last thing is we're going to have a joy basket that's passed. And I want to say one of the things why we pass a basket, it is a visible reminder that every one of us is blessed by God in different ways. You all have different time, talents, and treasure. But what God wants is us to pause and give him thanks for the time and talents and treasure he gives us. And we don't tell you what you should do here at 1C, but we do ask you, please go before God, pray. Lord, how do you want me to say thank you? And yes, we do it in our songs, we do it in our prayers, we do it in our serving. We also do it in the giving of tithes and offerings. So we're going to pray now that God would just fill this house with his spirit. We would be moved in our worship. 
and that it'll not just end at, say, 1204, but it'll go out with us wherever we go. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you, and we are so thankful for all that you have done in the past, your death, your resurrection, and what it means for us. Thank you for what you're doing presently, that you reign right now, right here, and we pray that we would know that and experience it. We also want to say thank you for your blessings. So numerous, we can't even count them. And we pray that your spirit would move within us, that we would say thank you as we sing our songs, as we pray, as we serve, as we give. And in the end, Lord, we want to glorify you and further your kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen.
Boys and girls, you can stay in your seats this morning for the kids' message. I've been trying to get hold of George. I know a lot of you have been asking, where's George? And I've been trying to get George here, and I thought he would be here today, but he couldn't be here. So finally I got a hold of him, and we had a Zoom call so I could find out what was going on with George. And he's been on this wild adventure, but I recorded the Zoom call so that you can find out what George has been up to lately. All right, so let's watch and see what George has been up to. Hello, George. Hello, Greg. Are you in this box? I, I can hear you. Yeah, I see you, George. Can you hear me? Oh, hello. I can. Well, no, I can't smell you. That's something else. Whoa, Mr. Greg. Oh, it's good to see you, Mr. Greg. Well, yes. have I been on a wild adventure? Oh. Well, hi. I'm so excited to see you, George. I miss you. Oh, what I miss of... you so. Oh man, I miss you so much. I never thought I would say that I missed you this much, Mr. Greg. Don't take that personal, but, you know, wow, I missed you, man. Yeah. Ooh, adventure. You're That's on a wild adventure? You say you're on a wild adventure? Yeah, you see, when Pastor said he was going to Jamaica, I thought, whoa, that's an opportunity for George. So I snuck in his suitcase, and then I got down to Jamaica, and I got distracted by all of the smells and the animals and... Well, I got lost down there, Mr. Greg. And now I'm stuck down here in Jamaica. That's my wild adventure. Well, I, I bet you are having a wild adventure, George. But you know what? We'd really like to see you on Sunday. Will you be here? Well, no, I, I don't think I can make it back. I, I don't know. I think, I, I think I've got a guy on a string that maybe knows a guy who can get me in a crate of bananas back to America, but I don't know. Oh, my goodness. No. Well, you know what? George, we're going to be talking about Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 on Sunday, and it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and they will be filled. And I was really hoping you could help me with the kids' message. Oh, well, well, maybe, Mr. Greg, can you make this thing record? Hey, hey, Siri, record on Greg's computer <laughs> and bring me some snacks. Hey, actually, you know what? I'm look, We are recording. It worked. Whoa, I'm smart. Whoa. Okay, well, then you can use this recording, Mr. Greg. We do kids' message right now. We try. Yeah, right now? If I can, I can tell you about my wild time out here in Jamaica. Whoa, whoa, George. George, the kids. George, 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 George. This is a kids' message. I don't think your wild adventures in Jamaica are probably kid-appropriate. Greg, what do you think I've been doing? Brother, that's offensive. Well, George, I'm a little scared to ask, actually. Not cool, Greg. I'm doing good stuff, Mr. Greg. My adventures have been wild because I've been seeing God do amazing things. Jesus has had me on an adventure, and I've been sharing his good news with people, Mr. Greg. Even though I lost in Jamaica, 
I am telling all of the animals I know about God and trying to help them. Really? Yeah, I gotta tell you one story, okay? Okay. Okay, I come up to a tree, okay? And there was a kid right there up in the tree, a kid monkey. And he was like stuck up there and I was like, hey, kid, what are you doing up there? And he was like, oh man, I'm, I'm lost up here, I can't get down, I need some bananas. So I helped him, Mr. Greg. I helped okay. him get bananas and then after that, I help him, I give him monkey back ride home all the way to his house. And then we get to his house, his mommy's so happy and she invite me in and then she say, why you give our little Jimmy so much love and help him with banana? I say, because God loves him so much. And so if God loves him, I help him. I love him too. And the mom was so happy and I tell them about Jesus and Mr. Greg. They what? did not even know about God, Mr. Greg. Really? No, they didn't. Wow. So now I can't be back Sunday because I'm stuck in Jamaica, but I am doing very cool things for God down here, Mr. Greg. It's exciting. It sounds really exciting, but George, I got a really big question for you. What? What is a, a monkey back ride? Mr. Greg, a monkey back ride is very simple. It's like a piggyback ride, except for a monkey. But hey, wait, why is that your question, Mr. Greg? I mean, shouldn't you be asking me something about Matthew 5 or hungering and thirsting for the righteousness? righteousness. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Righteousness. You're... righteousness. Right, right. Exactly. Right. You're right, George. I got got distracted oh. there for a minute. But yeah, and you know what? That sounds exactly what? like what you're doing. You what? Are, really? Yeah. You are sharing Jesus's love with people that are hungry and thirsting for his love. And and it sounds like you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness too, because you're you're joining Jesus and what he's doing there. And you're helping him. Oh, I didn't even know I was going to fit in your message so good today, Mr. Greg. Believe me, I didn't either. Oh, this worked out. This is a good God thing. And you know what, Mr. Greg? What? It, feels, it really fills me up when I get to tell others about God. It, it makes me feel so happy, even though I'm in a tough situation down here in Jamaica. I still feel happiness because I can feel God doing some good things and i i really love to feel that feeling you know yeah you know what that's exactly like like the beatitude blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled you're getting oh. filled up i am getting filled up thanks for sharing that with me mr greg Woo, i'm even more wild now can't <laughs> stop this monkey Woo. well thank you for sharing your wild adventure Oh, yeah, and just in time, I think that the internet I paid for here in this little cafe is about to expire, and there is an angry hippopotamus who wants to use it next. Uh oh. Hold on, Missy. Please, no, don't sit on me. Okay, Mr. Greg, I gotta go. Okay, all right, George, we'll, we'll see you soon. Yes, pray for a miracle. I'll be back in America. Okay. Bye, George.
is watching all the world does care even when the world weighs on my shoulder now these feelings I can bear cause I know I know I say it every time we sing that song. It's one of my favorite. It just speaks to me. So much so that I, I got the guitar chords and behind my closed doors I play and sing this because I need that reminder. I don't know about you. Sometimes life, sometimes life can just beat you up and you feel alone. And it's in those moments I'll grab the Bible, I'll grab my guitar, I'll grab this song, and I'll play it and just be reminded that he is right here right now for you and for me. And that's what communion is about. It is a visible, tangible way for you to be reminded he is right where you are. And he knows what's going on in your world and he cares about you deeply.
So as we prepare now for this precious meal, we've been using this profession of faith where we profess what we believe about our own sinfulness, our need for a savior, what is in this meal, and also we are professing how we desire to live in a God-pleasing way. So I'd like to encourage you to share this with me. Let's profess this from our heart. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in and through his body of the church by regular group worship, study of God's word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. So many important things we professed in that. But I just want to bring you back to what I call the main thing. The main thing is this. God loves you so much that he sent his only son. And this Jesus suffered and died and rose again so that you can have forgiveness of sins and life with him forever. And that's what this meal points us to. That's what this meal really gives us and reminds us of the hope we have in him. So our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution of Holy Communion, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those elements, believing he is present and he is real. And if you're going to come forward for continuous communion, if you desire either uh, gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. May this be a sacred time where God makes himself known to people like you and me as he says, I love you. Amen. I'm aware of everything that's wrong with me. Still, you accept me anyway. If I live with a past I can't get past, it still haunts me. So I'm asking for the courage to make it. 
So teach me, Lord, to seek you day by day. Let only you define just where I stand. Let me not take for granted all the depths of your forgiveness. It's the only way I'm going to be a better man. It's by your grace I By your grace, I have hope. You've already paid every debt I owe. Please take my chains and make me see. By your grace, I've been set I've got a long way to go, Lord, I know there's not a step I'm going to take when you're not with me. I've got a long way to go, yes, and Lord, I know there's not a step I'm going to take when you're not with me. By your grace, I have hope. You've already paid. 
Got a long way to go, Lord. I know there's not a step I'm gonna take when you're not with me. I've got a long way to go, Lord. I know there's not a step I'm gonna take when you're not with me. You're not. By your grace, I have hope. You've already paid every debt I owe. Please take my chance and make me see. By your grace, I've been set free. By your grace, I've been set Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for ministry, for mission, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just come to you 
knowing that you are with us wherever we may be. Prayers for a dear woman dealing with severe depression. Lord, deliver and set her free so that she may live in joy. Prayers to bless the marriage of Roy and Heather as they just got married yesterday. May they remember that a cord of three strands cannot be broken. Continued strength for Coco through her battle with cancer. Be with her through treatments as well as her family and friends. A prayer for the infection that Sharon Bell has. And Lord, just bring healing and strength to her. And a prayer for her daughter Sherry taking care of everything for her. A prayer that the, the, the Story family have peace and health getting situated in Minnesota. Prayers for Tina and Diego with the right now pending birth of their daughter and big sister Willow. Prayers for the Nelson family for the loss of a mother and a grandmother. Birthday blessings for Paige Miller that her day, that her birthday may be blessed. And Father, we just thank you all the prayers spoken here this morning and the ones unspoken upon our heart. Lord, you know what weighs heavy upon us. Help us to just come to you with all those burdens and all those joys and just lay them at your feet, knowing that you are always there for us in every situation. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I did arrive to the airport. I had pre-weighed my, my suitcase, and it was right on the mark. But when I got there, it was five pounds over, and it was George. Just kidding. George didn't go with me. That would have changed everything. But I, but I do want to tell you a story that's connected to my trip. Uh, some of you, if you've been out to eat with me, I, I used to do it more. I just don't do it as much now. But I could be with a bunch of church people, and we would be sitting there, and the uh, waiter or waitress would come up to us, and we would just start conversation. And then I would say, hey, I will give you a greater tip if you can guess what this group is connected to. And I, then I would give hints whenever they bring the drinks back or bring other things, and I just keep giving hints. And sometimes they would get it, and then, then I'll even take it to another level. I'll say, what do I do for a living? And so I did this in Jamaica. I was at one of the bars outside by the beach, and there was a young man named Omar, and uh, just a fine young man. And I was there to get um, a hot dog. I know it doesn't sound so Jamaican, right? But just wanted something, so I got a hot dog for Chris and I, and I'm just sitting there, and it's taking over two hours. So I'm not sure why. So I'm sitting there, and I'm talking with them. I'm, I'm getting a drink, and we're just having conversation. 
And I, I finally ask him, what do you think I do for a living? And at that point, you know, everyone else around the bar was kind of listening in. And there were people from Australia, some people from England. They were just from different parts, and it was kind of fun. And uh, so, so finally, after a while, I said, Omar, I'm a pastor of a church. And I could just see. And again, I remember, he told me some information before then that was a little, hmm, interesting. So example, he, he drives two hours every day one way to get to work. Wow. And then he told me it doesn't take him as long going back because he drives faster. I don't know. When he said he goes 100 miles an hour, I don't know if that's kilometers or not. I don't know. But he says, and he smokes a doobie. <laughs> so that makes the trip go by really fast. So I'm just thinking when I finally tell him I'm, I'm a pastor, he wants to kind of back up a little bit and tell a different story. But too late. I know some things about Omar. Um, and then he's, he's, he wants me to know that he is connected to the church. Well, connected to the church means he lives in a house that is right next to the church. And then I just, we get into more conversation. We're talking more. And finally he says, um, yeah, I go, to the, I go to church once in a while, not a lot, not as much as I should be. And we get into more conversation. And finally, I turn the corner, partly because my hot dog's there. So I'm, I'm going to get down to, to really to the point, and I'll say, Omar, do you know Jesus? Do you know how much he loves you? Do you know that he wants a relationship with you? He wants to see you with him now, but also in heaven. And I just was very impassioned talking to him. I wasn't preachy, but I just wanted him to know how important this is. And so he, he said he knows him and probably should know him better. And so I did give him my name and number and email. And I'm going to ask all of you friends, would you please pray for Omar? O-M-A-R, 27 years old, lives at home with his mom, trying to figure out life, and kind of knows Jesus. But I, I want him to know him more. And I'd love for him to reach out to me and so we can keep this going a little bit more. So would you please pray for him? Because what I want is for him to be part of the picture. You see, this picture is great graphic, right? These are the main characters in the video series called The Chosen. And we are on season two, and we, we've seen characters, new characters, kind of being uh, woven into the fabric of this video series based on the Gospels. And I really want to see Omar as part of the chosen. I want to see him as part of God's family, now and also for eternity. And I don't know about you, maybe you have other people on your heart, but just be thinking that way, thinking about it. And as we've been going through season two, remember, I had this epiphany, because I watched season two several times before I realized, by reading the book, that season two is actually based on the Beatitudes. Every one of the eight episodes that you see, each one is one of the Beatitudes. So the writers, as they were writing the script for the video, the Beatitudes were woven through it. And boy, now that I'm watching it again, I see it with a new set of glasses. I see it in a new and fresh way. And I hope you do as you make this journey. So read the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, Watch the video of the episodes. That'll be really good. 
And uh, I want to take you on the journey where we've been. We've gone through three weeks so far of the Beatitudes. So the first one was, again, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now remember, poor in spirit, and, and I have that poverty stricken. Don't let your minds land on money. Because that's not what it is. Poor in spirit really means this. Knowing who you are and knowing who God is. Poor in spirit means looking in the mirror and seeing the truth that you and me are sinners. You and me fall short of the glory of God and that the wages of sin is what? Death. That's, that's how poor we are. So it's really important. And I find it interesting that the first three Beatitudes really set up this frail picture of humanity. And it leads to the fourth one, which we're going to be talking about today. So that's the first one, poor. The second one is, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. So what do people mourn about? Yes, I am mourning over the fact that the Green Bay Packers are not in the playoffs. <laughs> I am mourning over that. And for those Minnesota fans, uh, right? We can mourn over those things, but that's not what we're going to mourn over. Really. We mourn over our sin and the misery that our sin causes me, causes you, causes us, causes the world. So when we understand we're poor in spirit, we understand that we're sinful human beings, we get into this place that says, oh Lord, and we pour out our heart to him. And then we get to the third one, and just so you know, I'm trying to think where we were. I think it was probably 75 degrees and sunny last Sunday where we were. I don't know what it was here. Yes, I'm rubbing it in, okay? Um, but we got to live stream it. If you, if you haven't live streamed before, please do. If you travel and you're not around, it's a great resource to be able to use. Stay connected, okay? So here we are. We're watching it. Greg, you did a, a great job. The worship team, everybody, it just was beautiful. And the theme was handled very well. This idea, blessed are the meek. And as Greg said last week, it doesn't mean weak. That's not what meek are. The definition is power under control. Power under control. And how many times, we'll just say, did we see Jesus being meek? Most powerful being ever, and sometimes just hold him back when he sees what he could do. And that's really what meek means, power under control. All right, this episode portrays two characters that um, I'm just going to give you the overview, all right? Remember, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That is what we know for sure about what happened during the life of Jesus. Then we have people like Dallas who writes the... Uh, um, puts together a video series, and he talks about some possibilities, some things that are very plausible about what happens, or what I call the backstory. Like you heard me two weeks ago say, backstory alert. This is not in the Bible, but it could be. So he does that with this episode. Two characters that are introduced that you find in the Bible. The first one is the man by the pool of Bethsaida. Remember? We don't know the whole story, what happened to him, but he is not able to walk. And he's been put at the pool of Bethsaida, and he is hoping to get healed, to get whole, 
by getting into the water when the water starts bubbling up and stirring. Because the legend had it that if you get in there, be the first one, you will find healing. And every time he goes, he just can't, can't, he can't get there. So that's one character. The other character we find is Simon the Zealot. Now what is a zealot? It was a, a Jewish faction, a group of people who was tired of Roman oppression. You see, Rome, kind of standing up against God's chosen people, the Israelites, uh, they were kind of under the, the thumb of Roman power. And so the zealots were formed and organized with a sense of passion to try to do something about this, to try to remedy this condition. And so men would rise up, be part of a group called the zealots that would be ready for battle in order to get Israel back into prominence again. Now, what the chosen does is they, this is a backstory alert, just so you know, they say that they're brothers, the man from the pool of Bethsaida and Simon the zealot. They say they're brothers. And you'll see that in a video clip that they, were, they had beds next to each other and they were together. And we don't know that. Could be, maybe, possibly, but we don't know. Um, and then all of a sudden something happens where the, the, the Simon the Zealot literally gets up and walks out and joins uh, the group to fight. So that's what's going on. But they're both on a quest, aren't they? One is to be healed physically. One is for Israel to be healed and restored. So they're both hungering and thirsting for something. And they're going to go after it. Does it look familiar? And let me just give you this. Here's a picture, just five little scenarios. You just look at them. You could fill in your own picture. But we live in a world today where people are hungering and thirsting for all kinds of things. Relationship health, financial health, physical health. I mean, there's lots of things people are hungering and thirsting for. They're seeking and they're searching. And speaking of searching, how many of you have ever Googled before? Come on, admit it. Be part of it. If you haven't Googled, I'd like to talk to you about how you haven't, because that would be a great book or movie. All right? I want to put up, there's a map here, and this map is actually, um, I can't remember the organization, but what they did is they looked at Google searches by state regarding religion and philosophy. Okay? So what's the most popular Google searches in each state? So if we go to our great state of Nebraska, we ask the question, what is hell? And I will tell you, I know I used to have the image that it's hot and whatever. I'm thinking sometimes when this cold weather gets kind of cold and it gets snowy, that's kind of not, you know, that's not the perfect place for me. Maybe you like it. But take a look at other places that I've lived. In Wisconsin, born and raised, uh, the most uh, uh, Googled question is, what is the Lutheran church? Or I moved, I was in Michigan to the right of that. What is evil? You go over to Arizona, how to read palms. It really is new agey in Arizona, I'll just tell you. Palm reading and all that. And then our, our, our state that's right next to us, the state called Iowa. And I heard that our corn is better than Iowa corn. Is that true? Okay, just want to make sure. And their question is, what is Jainism? Who knows what Jainism is? 
okay, welcome to the group. I had to Google it, okay, I used a great Google thing. It is a subset of Hinduism, and what it is, and it's very similar but a little different, is that you want to attain the perfect state, not as in state like that, but human being state. So if you don't do it in this life, you'll get another chance in another life, and you just keep doing it until you get it right, and then you are, quote, in heaven and are heaven. And so our wonderful neighbors, that's what they're pondering. What is Jainism? But I hope you see what I'm getting at is we live in a world that hungers and thirsts for answers about all sorts of things. And yet, Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be filled. So, you know what hunger is, okay? You might be hungry right now. You, you, you know what thirsty is. You've maybe been thirsty before. But what is righteousness? And I'm just going to give you my working definition for today. And righteousness is this, a right standing before God. A right standing before God. So we're going we're gonna to look at this now in light of a four-minute a four video clip. These two individuals, the man from the pool of Bethsaida and Simon the Zealot, I think they were hungering and thirsting for things that weren't going to last. And so I'm hoping that I can bring you to a place that you'll get to see that. So let's watch this video clip.
Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And maybe one of the best places to ever look, look in Matthew 4, read the story of the temptation of Jesus. If there is any one person who ever walked the face of the earth who understood hungering and thirsting for righteousness, it is Jesus. Remember, in Matthew 4, we have Jesus fasting for 40 days. He is hungry. And the devil then takes him out to the desert and he tempts him. I'm not going to get into all the detail, but ultimately he tempts him with power and prestige and popularity. And every time Jesus said, no. And then he would go into the word of God says. So what I want to do is give you a, an opportunity just to listen to the word of God. I'm going to walk you through four different aspects of how satisfying Jesus is throughout life and life circumstances. And I'm not going to give commentary. I'm just going to read and read the verses. And I want you to let it sink in. I want you to let God's word sink in. So let's go to the first one. Satisfaction in Jesus equals no more searching. John chapter 1. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John chapter 6, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not never thirst. John 14, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Satisfaction in Jesus means no more striving for things that vanish, fade, rot, and rust. Isaiah 51, lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath. For the heavens vanish like smoke and the earth will wear out like a garment and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever and my righteousness will never be dismayed. Matthew chapter 6, do not lay up your, for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rest, rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Satisfaction in Jesus means continual refreshment. Isaiah 58, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden like a spring of water whose waters do not fail Matthew 11 come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Satisfaction is in Jesus equals hope and joy in spite of chaos. John 14, peace I leave with you, peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Romans 15, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And I just want you to hold on to this. I do believe that when you and me believe these words, 
when you and me take hold of these words and they're part of our fabric of life, it's how we look at life, it's how we live life, something's going to be really happening. Not just to us, but through us. When we are satisfied, our hunger and thirst, we will start having a greater passion for other people around us who are hungry and thirsty like Omar. And I'm not lifting Jim Thielen up. It was a great conversation. It was sunny and 80 degrees. It was wonderful. But there are moments in your life right now when you are hung, hung, your hunger is satisfied and your thirst is taken care of, you're going to have this greater radar for other people who are hungering and thirsting. So I want to invite... Michelle, are you there? Come on out, please. Um, and we're going to take a journey. We're going to hear how God did something in Michelle and Dave's life and how it has now kind of started moving, you know. So let's start off with that, about your heart for the people with food insecurities. I told Pastor I can make a breakfast burrito without notes, but I can't get in front of a room full of people without my notes. So uh, heart for food insecurity. I would say that that's just always been a part of Dave and I. Anytime there was a service project where we could give uh, food to those that were hungry, we jumped right in and wanted to be a part of that. I also worked as a home visitor in the school, and I um, met with families that really struggled with limited resources. They um, really struggled to provide for their children. Food insecurity means... Um, lack of access to consistent food for a healthy life. And I saw that firsthand. And I also saw how isolated many of those families were from resources. Um, when Wincy started, Dave and I really felt the nudge to help in some way in this community with those that are hungry. Um, but we knew it would be more than just a one-time service project. We weren't quite sure what that was. We couldn't put our finger on it. Um, and then life would go on. But anytime I would read a passage about um, Jesus, living water, bread of life, I'd be like, okay, God, I know there's something. I'm just not hearing quite what that is. So it's been, some, it's been in there for a long time. How did these, the vision of this Taste and See ministry, how did it start playing out? Okay. Um, so the past couple of years, Dave and I have been um, really trying to be intentional, asking God, what are you saying to us? How can be, we be walking the way of Jesus? How can we be building relationships with people that we don't even know, people that might not know Jesus? How do we sow seeds of faith, and how does that all merge with the need for food? Because um, we know this food, we felt that this food nudge was probably about a lot more than just food but actually building relationships and friendships with others. So this past summer, I listened to a podcast, and it really uh, really knocked on my heart. And I told Dave, you have to listen to this with me. So we were driving to Lincoln and listening to the podcast and talking about it, and all these random thoughts are bouncing around in my head. And Dave finally blurts out, food truck. And we were like, that's it. Praise God. Um, we can serve food, create community, build friendships all at the same time. And once we knew that, we prayed, well, this is crazy, 
But God, we know you are going to provide and guide and open the doors for this to happen. And his provision has just been beyond anything we could have ever imagined. Um, everything from a food truck being loaned to us, um, the amount of food that's been provided for us to serve, the prayers, the volunteers, um, businesses, community um, members, and then all the wonderful people that we are meeting um, and getting to know on a weekly basis. Um, he has made our five loaves into two fishes beyond anything you can imagine. There's really no way to explain how in the last three months we have served over 2,000 healthy meals at the cost of $2,500, which is just impossible, right? Wow. And one thing that as I'm watching this unfold, God can provide the vision, right? But he also provides what's needed for the vision. Mm -hmm. And you two got to see this kind of happening. Kind of quickly, you know, this idea of hungering and thirsting for righteousness, how does this kind of weave together with Taste and See ministry? Um, I just love in the Bible how often we see Jesus meeting people's physical needs. He feeds 5,000. He makes breakfast for his disciples. Um, and he went into people's homes and ate with them. And obviously, it was about more than the food. It was about those relationships he was building. Um, we know that food satisfaction only lasts so long. And Jesus is our living water, our bread of life. He is the only one that's going to fill us. And we know that one meal a week isn't going to answer a person's need for food. Um, but we pray that those that we serve food to, that we get to know, um, will feel the hope and love of, of Jesus that he offers everyone and, and fills everyone. Yeah, thank you. And last question, we're just sitting here, but what if God is tugging on our heart? What if he is saying, you know, this, this ministry in particular, there's something going on here. Uh, how do they get involved or how can they? Yep. Um, so right now we are serving on Wednesdays at 1115. If you want to come and help serve food, uh, we go to that same location on Fridays at 9 and bring a craft and sit and visit and, and just share life together. On Saturdays, we package meals at 10 o'clock and we serve at 11 o'clock. Um, of course, we always need baked goods that we're serving, monetary donations, and really prayer uh, because we really feel uh, God nudging us to expand to other locations, uh, meet new people. Um, so prayers for that, and, and that this small food offering really will um, cause people to hunger and thirst for Jesus. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, you, you have met our needs. You have fed us. You have nurtured us. You have nourished us. And now, Lord, uh, maybe you're tugging on our heart to take what we've received and give to others. And maybe it's taste and see. Maybe you're going to put some kind of vision on somebody else's heart. But Lord, may we be faithful to your calling. And whether it's Omar in Jamaica or somebody right next door or at school where we're at, may we be ready to share the good news of what you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Let's stand and let's sing. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind.
have what you need But you keep on searching I've done all the work But you keep on working When you're running on empty Can't find the remedy Just come to the well You can spend your whole life Chasing what's missing desert and soon all the world will see living water is found in me when you come to the well Sunday, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord.